Thank you for listening to this message from Resurrection Life Church in Granville, Michigan. I have the privilege of just kind of continuing on with what I shared with you a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Pastor Dwayne and the office kind of contacted me and said, hey, can you fill in this Sunday? And uh, Jane and I were actually speaking in Florida yesterday at Fort Myers at a conference, but the Lord blessed us so we could get back here and be able to preach uh, with you this morning. And so I just ask again that you come with an open heart. I'm going to share uh, from the nine things. I shared three last time I was here. I'm going to share two more of those today. But before I even get to those, I want to tell you that what Pastor Dwayne and Jeannie are doing in their teaching and what I'm doing in my teaching is really trying to get you to understand in your relationships, you need to have good habits. And some of you need to just kind of establish a new habit. You've got into a bad rut. You're doing things the wrong way. You aren't honoring Christ in that relationship. And we're trying to give you teaching from God's word that will get you in a better habit. And one of the things that involves is cleaning out the debris. Uh, you saw that with the pipe this morning, blowing that out. It gets clogged. Uh, where I go to study, I have a little private place that only Jane knows where it is. I don't talk about it. I don't tell people where it is because sometimes I want to be alone. And I go to this little private place by myself, and it's right by a little creek that flows. And the other day I was there, and I took this little picture upstream of the creek that you're seeing there. And I could see upstream, and then I also could see downstream on the other side of the little place where I kind of hide away. But what you can't see is between the upstream and the downstream, a log had got caught right underneath the edge of the bridge, and it had stopped the whole water flow underneath that bridge. And I stood there, and I looked at that clogged area for a while and I thought this is our life it didn't it didn't start with that big clock it started with one little log you can't see it on the screen here but there was one log that was caught up right against that you know concrete pile in there and and that one log had proceeded to catch everything else that came down that stream till eventually it was just all blocked with debris and I'm just telling you some of you are in a relationship right now that feels like that you might have been married for uh, 20 years and you're here today and you go, yeah, you should, you should see the stockpile of logs we got. They are building up and no water is flowing. Trust me, Dan, no water is flowing. I get it. I understand it. And here's the thing. As I was standing there looking at all that debris underneath that bridge, it occurred to me that if I wanted to clean that out, I couldn't do it quickly. It would take some time. I'd have to go down there and start taking and prying. And I honestly think a couple of those logs are so big, I'd have to have help. Some of you here are in a relationship situation right now. It might even be a dating one. It might be an engagement one. It might be a married one where you literally say, I don't know what to do. And I would say to you, perfect. Then submit that issue to your, to your issue, submit it to Jesus and say, Christ, I'm going to have to have your help. And maybe this morning as I'm speaking, the Lord will speak a thought or an idea into your mind. That's what I always pray for. That the Lord would allow me to say something that you would go, that right there is for me. Uh, and, and so as the Lord speaks that into your mind today, just have a soft heart. Be teachable. But you got to know, everybody gets debris in their life. You're not abnormal. You're not weird. It's part of life. Jane and I have been married 33 years. We've had lots of debris. We've had to figure out how to funnel and get going on down the road because we don't need it in our life. I have a friend a few years ago. He, he said to me, Dan, you know, you've been married a long time. He's a good friend of mine. He literally called me on the phone. Dan, I, I, I know why you and Jane struggle. And I was like, what do you mean? He said, well, I, 
I found something I want to send you. He said, I want to send it in different segments. I'm going to show you how he sent it to me. He said, I'm going to send you a picture over. And he said, I'm going to show you what the average brain of a male looks like and the average brain of a female. And this was the brain of the male. I want to go through it with you. Up top, you see that little dot far right up top? That's the commitment module. Then you got that one big area in the middle we talked about two weeks ago. I'll leave that alone. And then right above it is the computer lobe in the front. It's the ability to drive a stick shift, power tools, television, all that stuff. The little dot in the front is the personal hygiene atom. And you got the short attention fragment. Right there in the middle underneath sex, you got the interruption lobe and the Michelob and the sports center. And in the back, you got the lame excuse gland and the chocolate center. And that little dot there is the listening particle. He sent that to me, and of course, it doesn't represent every male brain, but it's kind of funny because he's like, that's how you think. And men, just to give you hope, he also had a female brain. Here it is. Up at the top, that little dot is the sense of direction nucleus. That is so good. (laughs) Then you got the need for commitment, the whole top part. Then the front, irrational thoughts and jealousy. In the middle there, you got phone skills, shopping skills, indecision, and it's spelled wrong. And in the back of the brains, ice cream and chocolate, the whole sector for that. <laughs> Argue, debate low, business low, and then you got that little dot, that's a sex particle. <laughs> and I'm laughing about it, and he said, what's really funny is if you lay them on top of each other. He said, because that's what life feels like sometimes when you're in a relationship. You're looking at each other like, I don't even know what you're talking about. We're not on the same page. And that's exactly what happens. Some of you had it on the way to church this morning. It's life. And see what happens. What I've noticed people do is they call this overlapping when it doesn't work out, when it's not going the right way. This is what they'll come into my office and say to me, I don't love her anymore. And I'll say to them, oh, well, then you don't know what love. Love is not about laying your two brains on top of each other and figuring each other out that way. That's not love. Most people, when they say, I don't love you anymore, they don't even know what they're saying. Actually, I would tell you in our society, when people say, I love you, they don't really understand what it means. And so this morning, because I always find my hope in the Lord's Word. I did it this week. I was really discouraged this week, and the counselor gave me some good advice, and it really picked me up because he took me straight to the Bible. I want to tell you this morning, if if you really need to grow in your life, if you're struggling with something, God's Word and reading it, meditating on it, is where you'll find your hope. I'm just giving you that as a witness of my own life. And in the book of 1 Corinthians, I shared this with Access a couple of Thursday nights ago. Me and my son spoke there with Pastor Kirk and Lindsay. And uh, I want to read to you a little passage of Scripture. And here's what I'm going to do. I want, kind of call me Grandpa this morning, if you will. I'm going to read it really slow. I'm going to read it really easy. Because every now and then, listen to me. The Bible, the words about, you just need to let them sink in. Some of you have your devotions or you grab a verse every now and then. But just, I'm going to let it sink in a little bit. I'm going to read something that you guys are going to recognize. It's 1 Corinthians 13. You've heard this passage maybe read before. But listen to it a second. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but don't have love, I'm a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and I have all knowledge and if I have faith that will move a mountain but I don't have love, I got nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor, give my body to be burned, 
but I don't have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love doesn't envy. Love doesn't boast. Love isn't rude. Love is not self-seeking. Love doesn't get angry. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Love doesn't delight in evil but rejoices knowing the truth. Always loves protection. Love always trusts. Love always hopes. Love perseveres. Love never fails. That's why somebody comes to me and says, I don't love somebody anymore. I'll say to them, then you don't know what love is. Because love never fails. If there's ever a place this passage needs to come alive, it's in relationships. Family relationships. Marriage relationships. If you're here this morning and you're engaged... And you can't see that you and your partner that's getting married, you you can't see that you guys are going to be able to love each other that way. Don't get married. Because I'm going to tell you, Jane and I would be divorced today if it weren't for love. Not an erotic love. Not our made-up love. God's love. When it says love is patient, uh, that Greek word there is the word makrothamai, and and it's a word relating to people. It's not patient with things. You know, I've got a lawnmower that you have trouble starting, and you get about the 40th crank, and your arm's tired, and your back hurt, and you just want to throw it away. It's not saying be patient with that. It's saying be patient with people, your spouse, your dad and mom. Your child. Your distant relative you don't like. (laughs) Love. So you got to know something about me. I'm one of those guys that I'll ponder that. I'll go to that place up there I showed you in the picture. And I'll sit by myself and I'll read, Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy. And I'll read that over and over and over. And I'll say, Lord, what does that mean for me? Like I know it's in your word. And I get it that it's awesome for all of us. But what is it? When it says love is patient, well, if you, I got several family members here this morning. They, I don't think they would say, when you talk about my dad, now he is one patient man. That's just not me. <laughs> so I'll sit under that bridge, and here's, what I, here's the kind of thoughts that come to my mind. Someday when I'm gone, if they ever read this passage on their own, they're somewhere, they have their Bible, they open it up, love is patient. Boy, that wasn't dad. I don't, I don't want them to have that thought. I better go be more patient. That's the way the Lord works in me. And this morning, I'm going to show you two more of the things that I think you need to look at when it comes to relationships. And you need to ask yourself how you're doing in these areas. Again, remember when I talked to you the other day, I said, judge yourself. Two's really bad. Ten's really awesome. Let's try to take it up a few levels, a few notches. And here they are. They're very simple. I'm going to show you how they apply to this passage. The, the, third, uh, the third thing I shared with you, we were done with that. The fourth one I want to kind of mention today. I did three the other day. Fourth today is this idea of spending time together. 
Every relationship needs to have time together. When you're dating, do you know what? Can y'all remember? You guys have been married 20 years. Can y'all remember how much you loved time together when you were dating? It is so awesome. You just want to be next to each other. When Jane and I were dating in college, she worked for Campus Crusade for Christ. And so every now and then she'd have a stint where she would be away from me. And I can remember a couple of times where I would have to drive almost two hours to get just an hour with her. I'd drive two hours one way, two hours back to spend one hour with her. Why? Because I wanted to touch her. I liked her. I liked the smell of her. I, I wanted time, and time together is so awesome when it's good time. Yeah, y'all know where I'm going with this. We were dating. We would also go up to my parents. My parents have this little swing on their front porch. It was about 15 minutes from the college we were at, and we would go up, and we would sit on that swing. And uh, we'd sit there just a swinging, remember that song? So we would sit there, and I, I'd put my arm out. It's an old wood swing. I'd put my arm out, and she'd lay back on me on the swing. We'd just start swinging. I could sit there forever. And she would curl her head, like, right up, you know, right in here. And my arm, all just go numb. I, you'd lose my hand, totally numb, whatever. She'd say, honey, am I hurting your arm? No way. It's awesome. I mean, it's totally asleep, but it's fine. It's, I love it. We just rock and swing. I, I, I want to just show you how things change. Not long ago, we were sitting at the house. I was watching a football game. She was reading a book or something. She kind of took her glasses off, quit reading, and laid back on me. Watching the game, she's just on my arm, and my arm started hurting. And I said to her, you got to get up off me, girl. Yeah, my arm hurting me things change isn't that funny things change and some of you totally understand what I'm saying right now because there was a time that some of you have been married a little while there was a time you used to love to be to get not, not so much and, and the reason is because life has a way of changing. You didn't set out on your wedding day to have this issue, but here you are. I get it. It's like, it's like that bicycle. I can tell you what it is, that bicycle built for two. You jumped on that thing on your wedding day, and you got to pedaling, and you're working it together. And you're like, we're working this thing, man. We're doing it. And then about, you know, about six months in... You're thinking to yourself, has he stopped pedaling back there? Is she pedaling? Am I going up this hill on my own or what? Can you pedal a little harder and help me? And all kind of stuff causes that. I I remember when I looked back and I thought I was still pedaling with Jane. And I looked back and work was on the other seat. I wanted to be successful. 35 and I wanted to prove I was somebody and the weight of the world I felt like was on me and now I got four kids and I need to produce and I need to get and I, hey some of y'all right there you know exactly what I'm talking about trying to balance all that stuff it's like I need another bicycle it's tiring some of you have young children <laughs> some of you young moms here my daughter Christy just walked out with little Naya our, our, our new little granddaughter I mean I, I get it she's not getting any sleep some, some of you ladies are, are on that bicycle and you, you look and, and it's, the kids are on the other seat it's 
Some of you guys get that. You're there too. You go, how are we supposed to get time together? Look, we don't even have time for each other because we got so many other things in our life. Right. It's part of life. It's, it's the stage you're in. Some of you are dating and you're maybe engaged and you're thinking, oh, we're going to get married. This is going to be so good. We'll always have this kind of time together. You won't. I'm just giving you a heads up. You won't. You won't. It's part of life. And so what happens? Pedaling by yourself. You look back, the kids are on the seat. You start getting impatient with each other. All of a sudden, you're arguing a lot. You're disagreeing a lot. Even when you go out onto a date, it turns into a business meeting. Not dating. You're out discussing. Now, this kid needs this. This needs this. We need to buy that. Got to get this. Oh, and by the way, love you. I mean, it's just kind of one of those things where you don't even, you don't have dates anymore. You have business meetings. One of our friends told us, they said, we had to change that. We realized we were having business meetings and we had to go back and have a date night where we talked about us. I get it. Some of you are there. And you know what? When you're there, you think, we're all along in this. Nope. Plenty of people gone through it. But you need to remember, in the middle of all that, no matter what else tries to get on that bicycle, listen to me, I got to be kind. Can't be rude. Can't be self-seeking. I can't be easily angered. I got to keep no record of all these. See, that's why I tell you, Scripture comes alive when you're riding that bicycle. Because you're impatient with the other people who are around you. How are you doing with getting time together. James started getting into some of my hobbies. That's one of the ways we, in the middle of all that time, so busy with young kids, she started doing golfing. We, we ended up loving golf together. We go, now she'll say, babe, let's go golfing. Okay. I mean, it's awesome. <laughs> and I'm telling you, work. Talk about it. Make sure your time together isn't just about one of you. I want y'all to hear that real clearly. Make sure your time together isn't just about one of you doing what you want to do. It's a team. And I want to spend a little bit of time on this fifth thing of all the nine. I want to spend a little time on this next thing. The next thing I want to talk to you about applying to your relationships and specifically your marriage today is making sure you're chasing emotional oneness. Now, just look at that. It sounds simple. In that picture there, you will see a picture of like, you know, pear and an apple, and it's in a blender because Snapple, the fruit company, the drink company, has figured out how to put those two pieces of fruit together and blend it up and make a beautiful drink. The two fruits become one. A pear and an apple becomes a prapple drink. And we like it. It tastes good. That's what marriage is. Marriage is two pieces of fruit becoming one. And it takes work. If you had asked me when we first got married, are you in Jane 1? Absolutely. Are you emotionally 1? Shoot, yeah. Do you love the things Jane loves? Oh, yeah. How are you doing taking care of your emotional needs? Perfect. But there's this one area the Lord showed me. I want to tell you a little story this morning. Jane has several sisters and one brother. And um, their dad left when she was six. So those girls and those kids grew up in some tough circumstances and situations. And she has a sister. Her name is Sandy. Sandy, uh, when I first met her and got to know her, etc., it it didn't go so good because Sandy was a single mom and she was having these children not married. And and she frustrated me. I'm not going to lie. I'm a a real open, honest speaker. I'm going to tell you something. I didn't like it. 
I was vocal with Jane about it. I know, looking back now, it was hard on Jane to hear those things from me. But I was a preacher, you know, I'm emotionally one of my, everything's fine. Well, Sandy began to call our house saying, Jane, I'm really struggling and I need, I need a little bit of money. Will you help me? And Jane would come to me in the beginning and say, honey, uh, Sandy called again. Yeah, well, she, you know, she's just struggling a little bit. No joke. She quit living that way. She quit struggling. Well, honey, I know, but, you know, she's in this circumstance. She's got these children. No joke. No kindness. Let, let me, just, just so you see how I apply. Love is patient. Love is kind. Are you seeing that so far in me? No. So eventually, she just stopped asking me. Jane, my wife, who I'm one with, stopped talking to me about it. Somebody sitting here this morning is going, oh, that's so us. I know. I just Hang on. Let me finish the story. And Jane just stopped talking to me about it. And then, I'm going to fast forward. You know how I like to do that a little bit. 20 years later, in our marriage, my brother um, calls me one day and I find out he's messed his life up. He's got involved in an affair, and he's, he's messed his family up. He's messed his marriage up. He's messed it all up. Pastor, like me, messed it up. So I get in the car. I say to Jane, i got to go check on him. He's my only sibling. It's just me and Joe. And so I jump in my car. I drive down to where he lives. I check on him. I visit him. I do everything. And I come home, and I tell Jane, honey, we gotta, we got to help him out financially. Y'all reading between the lines here? Honey, I need to be there for him. I got to go down. I may have to go visit him a few times. I really want to make sure he's okay, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Jane, narrow word. Well, honey, do whatever we need to do. You do whatever you got to do. Thank you, thank you. So I'm checking on him, doing all this stuff. And one day, I'm driving back from his house, and I'm in the car. It takes me a while sometimes. And the Lord just kind of spoke into my spirit. It's really interesting. You are very caring about your family but you won't do this same thing for her family shoot (laughs) and I got home I knew I had to deal with it when I got home not a a word hey babe everything's good but inside I'm struggling so I I sat on it a couple of days and uh, when they were sitting in the house again I'm probably watching the game again James probably reading and I said to her, honey, I have a question for you. She goes, yeah, what's up? How's Sandy? That's all I said. How's Sandy? She's like, she, she stopped reading. And she kind of looked up at me like, you okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just, you know, I want to check on Sandy. How's Sandy doing? Then she took her glasses off. Why are you asking? I said, well, I just haven't. You know, I haven't, checked, I, heard, I haven't heard about her in a while. I just want to make sure she's doing okay. He's like, what? What changed in you? And I said, well, I got, I got to tell you a story. So I began to tell her, well, honey, um, I, I notice about me that my brother is top of my list of caring for him. But you, you guys hear the word? But your sister is annoying to me. And I said, That's not right. I need you to call Sandy and I want you to ask her if there's anything she needs because I've neglected her and I haven't been there for her. 
and we got to help. You guys need to hear this. And we got to help our sister. Did you guys hear the word change? See, some of y'all are sitting here right now. You telling me that his sister going to be my sister? You might as well keep preaching. I ain't going to hear no more of that. <laughs> well, guess what? I, I'm going to say this to those of you who are dating and engaged. If you're planning on marrying each other, and there's cultural things, there's family things, there's all kinds of things, guess what? That's going to be yours. And if you can't do that, don't get married because you've got to become emotionally one. It took me a long time to learn. I'm just trying to help you. I'm saving you a few years of pain. And so I said to Jane, why don't you call Sandy? So, so Jane literally calls her sister, Sandy. Calls her up. Hey, Sandy. Uh, hey, Jane. What's up, Jane? Well, I'm just calling. Dan wanted me to call and see how you're doing. Sandy on the other line. Dan who? <laughs> My husband, Dan. Is he okay? <laughs> Even she knows the preacher is not kind to her. Did you hear me? Even she knows the man who preaches the word of God is not kind to her. And so that day, I began to build a relationship with Sandy. I, I want to show you all something. You all got to get this because I changed. Did, did you all hear that? See, I've, all this time, if she would change. And that wasn't what was needed. What was needed was I changed. I'm going, to, I'm going to fast forward this story, otherwise it would get quite lengthy. And I want to tell you that so what happened was, over time, it got closer and closer. Here, here's what began happening. Sandy would call Jane or text Jane and say, Can you get me another copy of one of Dan's sermons where he's preaching? Because I want to listen to him preach. She began to listen to these sermons. Then she's calling Jane. Hey, Jane, do you know of any churches in North Carolina near where I live? Is there any way Dan can find out if there's a decent church in the area I could get connected with? I've tried a couple, and it hasn't gone real good. Can you help me? So this girl, who I kind of rejected, is now feeling love, and all of a sudden she's opening her heart to potentially listening to things of God. So much so... So much so that, Jane, how many weeks ago did you go to Myrtle Beach? Eight weeks ago. Eight weeks ago, Jane's in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, because uh, our moms have passed away in January, and so she went down to be with all of her sisters, and they go to the beach. Listen, they go to the beach, and Sandy, Sandy says to Jane, Hey, hey Jane, I've, I've changed in my life. I've given my life to the Lord at church is there any way I, I just love you so much as my sister would you be willing to baptize me here in the ocean and Jane calls me up she goes honey I can't baptize I said yes you can you're anointed though you may baptize I said stick that girl under the water stick that head under the water Jane said they walked out she said the waves were so big when they got out there she didn't get a chance to baptize her the wave baptized her God baptized her but let, 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 me just t- let me just tell you something. Can I, I'm about to tell you something you're not going to believe. And Jane, sitting right here, she'll shake her head when I say this. Sandy <laughs> Sandy's my favorite sister-in-law. <laughs> I, I'm just telling you, I love her. And here, here's what you got to see. Do you know 
do you know the stress, the emotional stress? I've, when Jane, can you imagine what it feels like for Jane to sit here this morning and to hear 10 years ago how much I disliked her and to hear me today say she's my favorite? Do you know the stress I took off her? Do y'all get that? See, some of y'all are putting stress on your spouse, the person you're dating and your relationship with. You're putting incredible stress on them because you don't like somebody and their family and they can't help it. Jane didn't do that. There are people coming to your house here. We're in September, October, November. You got two months for Thanksgiving. Somebody's coming. When they pull up in the driveway, I know what you're going to be doing. They're here. They're here. The car just pulled in. I can see they're getting out. They're getting out. And your spouse is like, it's okay, honey. No, it's not. As soon as they open the door, you're going to be like, hi, good to see you. Do you know? Do you know? That this situation changed because I changed. And I'm trying to show you this morning that some of you, that very thing in your family that you are whining and crying and heaving about all the time might change. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Just reminding you of the scripture. Because you see, when scripture comes alive in your life, things change. And this morning, I can give testimony to the fact. Can I tell you something else? When all this changed in me, um, I, I really can't. When, when Jane says, hey, Sister Sandy calling, I'm in the background I'm hollering at her. We love her. I'll say to Jane, you ask her who her favorite preacher is, she better say me. So she'll say me. <laughs> we, we have a love relationship. We cut up. We laugh. I don't agree with everything about Sandy, but we love each other. Because love never fails. Some of you have a sister-in-law that you can't stand. You need to change. Some of you have a mother-in-law that drives you insane. Let me just start by saying don't plan on her changing. (laughs) You change and watch how it improves. Somebody got to clean out some debris. Because water ain't flowing smooth even in your own home because you're helping dam it up. And so today, I ask you to take these simple thoughts. If you can learn from my mistakes, awesome. But I want you to go out of here and practice love. For more information about Res Life, please visit our website at reslife.org. If you have questions about Res Life or would like directions to visit us, please feel free to call 616-534-4923.